Hey Ringers, Happy New Year and Happy 2020. For those of you getting married this year, I am so very excited for you. And it seems like there are a lot of you who are getting married this year. So kudos to you. I'm so excited and over the moon for what's to come in this year for you. Now, for this episode that we recorded today, um, we actually recorded it in 2019, right at the end there. And you'll hear me say at the beginning of this episode, as I'm introducing our amazing guest co-host that I had here with me on this one, you'll hear me say that I met her earlier this year, and that's because we recorded it in 2019. So just wanted to clarify that. Also, you're going to hear that I sound incredibly froggy, and at times I'm pretty sure uh, I had no idea what I was actually saying because I was hopped up on cold medicine. So please forgive me for some of my ramblings in this one. Um, I was definitely battling a cold, and eh, it is what it is. But I absolutely love this episode. It is such a good for the soul episode, and I think you guys are going to like it too. Now, if you haven't yet joined our Patreon community, definitely check us out. Um, If you're new here, uh, the Patreon community is all about all of our ringers coming together to share their stories, share their questions, and get a little bit deeper um, into every single episode that we put out. And if you want to learn more, head to patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash P-A-R-O-I. Dan and I are so so honored and honestly just blown away by by all of your support um, and everybody that's been joining us over there. We love every single one of you so very much. And we hope that um, with 2020, we're able to bring even more to you guys. So without further ado, I hope you really enjoy this episode. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And yeah, uh, let's just have a great 2020, y'all. Hey, Ringers, I'm Danielle. And I'm Dan. This is the Put a Ring on It podcast. We are two wedding pros sharing everything we can about planning a wedding. You ready? Let's do this. Hey, everybody. I have got Berlin Martin here with me today, and I am so excited because we're going to be talking about boundaries. Now, before we jump into our topic, Berlin is somebody that I met. um, We met at a wedding planner workshop actually earlier this year in February that took place in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um, And we basically sat next to each other. And was it the first thing that we talked about? Was it Harry Potter? Or did we wait a little bit? I, I feel like it really was the first thing. Yeah. So I know you have a Harry Potter tattoo. Two of them. Two of them. It started there. And then it was just like, instant best friendship because anybody who loves Harry Potter, I love, and she's in the wedding world. So that's really cool too. But we have this really similar approach to weddings, um, but we have our differences too. But I just love the the approach she has and the different things that she's bringing to the industry. So outside of being a huge Harry Potter fan and a fellow Hufflepuff, right? Yes. Yeah. I may or may not be able to confirm or deny that she has recently done a styled shoot slightly with a theme of a Hufflepuff. Yeah, no, it definitely was. They were like, what colors should we use? And I was like, "Mm, probably yellow and black. Probably. I mean, just throwing things out there. But that's just what I think we should do. That's awesome. Okay, so Berlin, tell us about yourself to start. Um, Well, I am a wedding planner that serves the Columbus, Ohio and Central Ohio area. And I just, I really believe in weddings that people can be themselves and create a wedding that they want instead of having to do what they're told to do. And I mean, there's obviously certain things that we value above others. So, you know, guest experience is huge and making sure that you're taking care of the people who are traveling so far to be with you. But in the end, you know, you're throwing this big party to celebrate this huge life event. So we're just interested in kicking that off for you. And I have a really no BS approach to wedding planning. Like, I don't, I just, I, I believe in pretty things and that all not, not all pretty things have to be practical, but at the same time, like, I don't want you walking into your marriage in a ton of debt. So, Mm -hmm. so we try and do, um, as practical a wedding as possible, uh, but in a fun way. So organized and fun. 
I told you, Ringers, that's something that we talk about a lot on this podcast. And I know you guys are going to like Berlin because she talks about that stuff too, where, you know what I mean? It's not always about um, having all the things for the sake of having all the things, especially if you don't even know why you're having all the things, if they don't mean anything to you. It's just, like she said, it's just BS. So um, that's why I absolutely adore this girl. So I'm really excited. Um, So we're talking about on this episode, we're going to be talking about boundaries and This is one of those topics that I think is not just important as a couple, but it's just important as like a downright human being, because I don't know anybody that doesn't struggle with this to some degree in in their life, in their personal life, in their work life, in their family life. Um, So I'm really kind of excited to jump in with this. And I think I want to probably start at the very easy question of, you know, why? Why is it so important to set boundaries? I mean just in general for your own mental sanity. Right. <laughs> but yeah, no, honestly, like people can't survive and there there's no way like you have boundaries at work, you have boundaries um with your friends, you have well, some people have boundaries with their friends. But um, you know, in general like we create rules so that we know how to function and that we have a way to function and get through basic tasks. And it's the same thing with your wedding. You have to know go in with a plan. And setting those boundaries is part of making a good plan and being able to execute your wedding well. Right. And it's it's one of those things where you have all, oh my gosh, you have so many forces coming at you that it is so easy to get pulled into a million different directions, right? Yes. There are vendors wanting things. There are family wanting things. There's your guests wanting things. There's you as a couple wanting things. And if you don't start somewhere, right? Like you have to establish these boundaries somewhere so that you have some foundation to work off of. Then to me, you're just setting yourself up for a very, very stressful situation. And it's like, as soon as you get engaged and you've got that ring on your finger or you've given that ring to someone else, it's like there's a sign over your head that says, please give me your unsolicited opinion about how I should do my wedding day. It's neon and blinking. It's just yes. like pointing at you. Yes. <laughs> I, every like person you meet on the street, every coworker and every aunt who's ever had someone get married is like, let me tell you about the one time we did this. And so you have to have a response to that because otherwise you're going to get strong armed out of the wedding you want. Right. And I think, I think where, um, where it needs to start is setting the boundaries with you as a couple, right? You need to present as a united front, because as soon as you start to split ways or lose, lose your footing from each other, that's where things get really tricky and really dicey. 100%. So one of the things, uh, as we were talking about and brainstorming things for this episode, um, Berlin, you had mentioned about how, you know, you and your, your, your future um, partner or your future spouse, I should say, your current partner should really join forces and just present as united front to just any and all opposition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're getting married, right? You're becoming one and you're joining your lives. So now's a good time to start, um, support your partner. And when they have issues that they're facing or, you know, the two of you, you really want to make sure that you're both getting what you want out of this day and you're starting your marriage on the right foot. So be a support team. Right. And it doesn't mean that you necessarily need to agree on everything. It's not coming from a place of that. It's coming from a place of understanding what the other person's priorities are, coming together on those priorities to have the event that represents and supports the type of event you want to have for your wedding day. It doesn't mean that you both have to love and and have top priority for having the best food or having the best band or whatever it is. It just needs to have that understanding of what you each want and what you each want specific to this event. And that really starts with communication, just making sure that you're together. I can't stress it enough, just being a united front on things because it is so easy to let somebody kind of drive a wedge in between you for that. And it's really easy because I don't know about you and your experience, but sometimes I have, I have couples where both people are really involved, but a lot of times one of them takes the lead Mm -hmm. on making the decisions. And so it is really important. I do think even if you're the person who doesn't necessarily care about a lot of the details is that you're still involved and you're still supporting your partner in making those decisions so that when something does come up that you do care about, then 
you kind of know where everything else is and you can make an informed decision and support your partner and your own needs. Right. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's just like relationship advice, right? Like that's, that's what we need to be for our partners. We need to make sure that we're communicating, we're supporting one another so that we can navigate this life together in a way that's healthy and helpful and lovely as possible, obviously. I mean, we're going to fight about stuff, right? Because the towels should just be folded a certain way, you guys. <laughs> uh, that's just me. Anyway, so let's, um, I feel like your like immediate family is often um, one of the biggest triggers in when we kind of have to navigate this world of families with um, the boundary of money and then the boundary of influence. Can we yeah. talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. So you guys talk about this a lot on this podcast about setting the budget early and talking about it often. Mm-hmm. And that icky, that is, sticky, awful conversation, guys. Yeah. <laughs> money money is a rough topic. Nobody likes to talk about it, but it's what's going to drive a lot of your decision-making process and what you can and can't afford. So that needs to be discussed early. And then two, you know, give and take people – you know, sometimes family members want influence on things or they assume automatically that if they're contributing money, then they're going to have a say over something. So if mom and dad say, okay, we're going to cover catering and mom decides that she wants salmon instead of beef, are you going to have to do that? I mean, we need to have that conversation early. Do you care? Do you care if mom chooses the menu? If you don't care, then sure, let her do it and, you know, agree that that's a section that she can have influence in. But if you do care about making all of the decisions, then you need to know exactly where everybody else stands and they need to know that too. Right. Because if you think mom has no influence and mom thinks she has a ton of influence, then you're going to run into issues later. And this is one of those things where it doesn't need to be a, um, an abrasive or a defensive conversation. Right. This conversation can and needs to come from a place of respect, open-mindedness, and understanding. Because if you come at it with a open heart, chances are high, and obviously not everybody is as lucky to be in the situation, but chances are high you're going to be met with that same open heart, right? If you come into the situation ready to make compromises, but just get to the root of what we all want, then it's it's not uncommon that that other person is going to going to do it too. But I also recognize that sometimes we have personalities in our life that are just going to push, 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 right? And all I can say is I'm sending good juju to you guys because it's hard to maintain your level of grace and respect when you're in those situations. But ringers, I know you can do it because you're awesome people um, and hang in there and vent to, uh, well, you can send me an email. I'll listen to you because I know it's tough. But um, what happens when let's say your partner's family is kind of pushing on things. Um, Do you recommend that you're the person that kind of steps up in that situation? Or do you recommend that the person whose family it is, is the one who should sort of step up in that situation? So it goes back to the United front bit a little bit for me. So first make sure that you and your partner are on the same page, because if you're going to bat for something, you want to make sure it's what you're both comfortable with. And If it's your family pushing, you should be dealing with them. If it's their family pushing, they should be dealing with them because, and I keep saying mom, but it could literally be anybody in the family. Um, Because if a parent is coming to you guys saying you need to do X, Y, Z, and you step in and you're defiant and, you know, it's a lot easier to perceive disrespect from somebody that you don't intimately love and have like been with for 18 plus years, you know, literally like I've raised you. So, but because, you know, you don't want to be the evil stepdaughter or the evil stepson who's stepping in to ruin their, their kid's wedding. Like that's not what you want to do. So you both want to present that united front and just let each other handle their own families. And if somebody isn't, you know, like some people have problems standing up to their parents because it's a respect thing. And so I totally get that. But if you, aren't comfortable standing up, it's okay to have the other person with you and like be there as a support system, do it together. But you should be the one doing the talking that says, look, mom and dad, look, aunt and uncle, whoever, grandma and grandpa, this is what we want. This is how we feel, but we want to be respectful of your wishes too. Right. 
this is this is an area where I feel like I witness and hear about a lot of tension that comes from this where one person in the relationship will sort of stand up and say hey parent we kind of don't want that but then that parent goes back to their kid in the relationship and says well your so-and-so said that she that he or she doesn't want that and then that partner goes oh well it's okay we'll just do whatever you want as soon as you lose that connection and that united frontness (laughs) new word that's where basically things start hitting the fan if you're catching what I'm dropping because as soon as you lose that um that's to me is where I see a lot of hurt feelings and where I see a lot of fights stem from Mm -hmm. the undermining yeah because you might not be meaning to but you are undermining your partner and you never ever want to do that while you're wedding planning Just even ever in life, guys, we just don't want to do that to our partners, right? Of all people in our in our circle of trust, right? Our partner should be that one person that we're able to like look to and trust and and be able to tell us privately when like, hey, maybe we should really think about this or challenge us in those situations. But public facing should be like, yes, whatever they say. Well, maybe not. I don't know. But I think for the most part, right? It's the pick your battles argument. I think like if somebody's clearly like if it's a moral issue, it's clearly wrong. Then obviously we're going to stand up and say something. But if it's just, you know, it's the don't air your dirty laundry rule is my my thing on social media. Well, you know, whatever. Think about it this way. Your family has known you for years and they will always stand behind you. And so if you come to the table and you start undermining your spouse, or if you're frustrated with them and you're venting and things like that, then they automatically want to be defensive of you and they want to support you in that instance. And so whether you want it to or not, it can tarnish the way they see your future spouse. Right. So it's really important because you're going to live tens and tens of years with this person and you want to make sure that it's copacetic. So just if it's not something that's like a make or break, really moral issue, support your spouse. 100%. That should be the subtext of this episode. Yes. Really of this podcast. Support your spouse. Um, okay, so how about, let's talk about these really fun scenarios where um, couples are kind of going through the wedding and then they sort of start getting hit. As you said, they sort of get that um, big old flashing sign over their head that's like, hey, I'm planning a wedding. I'm planning a wedding. Tell me everything you know about planning a wedding because apparently that's just what the sign over my head says. Um, you know, the kind of questions where someone's like, hey, so can I be a bridesmaid? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. How do you usually handle that? Because I have my formula, but I'm kind of curious what you do. (laughs) I just tell them to lie and change the subject. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Actually, fair. I don't know. Yeah. Well, here, let's talk through what you do because I do whatever you do. Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) um, I I mean, my first rule is like, don't commit to anything right off the bat. Because initially, when you first get engaged, apparently people think that you plan everything in the first mm-hmm. like week. So they're first twenty four hours. It's just yeah. done, right? Yeah. yeah. So when's the date? What are your bridesmaids' dress colors? Can I be a bridesmaid? All this other stuff. So I like to warn my couples to come up with a stock answer, and the formula is stock answer. Don't make a commitment. Flip the conversation. Love it. So can I be a bridesmaid? Oh my God, I'm so honored. Thank you so much for thinking of us. We haven't made any decisions yet, but you'll be the first to know. Um, have you ever been in a wedding before? Then let them go off on their tangent and drink your mimosa and let them talk. And let them share their story. Yeah, that's all they want to do. They just want to talk about a wedding that they've been in and tell you exactly what you should be doing. And then you can either listen or not. It's up to you. But at least the pressure's off of you. I think that's part of it, right? Is as you are kind of, um, as you change your status on Facebook from in a relationship to engaged, it will just automatically come with all these questions. And I think how you handle it, like we've said before, you can't control anybody else in this world, but you can control how you handle certain things. And I think how you handle it will set yourself up for the best bit of success. So like Berlin just said, if you're like just letting them talk, just so that they can get it out of their system and inside you're like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that advice. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that either. Oh, that's no, that's not going to do that either. That's definitely not what we want. And, but in your head, you're just kind of going through that and make it a fun little thing and let them share their story. 
great. You know what I mean? You let them talk. You let you you are probably a good friend to them, and all is well. It you don't need to then take that and shoulder everything that they said and carry that with you throughout the rest of the day and let it affect you, right? You can't um, sort of go back and say like, oh, Karen, do you know Karen is asking to be a bridesmaid and like now she's in my head and what am I gonna do? Just let Karen talk. You know what I mean? It's always Karen, isn't it? Always. It is always Sorry, Karen. Karens. <laughs> I mean, most of the time, all they want to do is, I, the reason you get the questions is because people want to be involved in your life, they care, and they don't know what else to ask you about. Mm-hmm. Because as we get older, like there's a, how's work? How's your family? Oh my God, you're getting married. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they can, that's something they can ask about. They can take an interest in, and they just want to be heard and feel included. Right. And I think I love your recipe for what did you say? You kind of give them a stock answer. Mm -hmm. And then you said you tell them not to commit. Yep. And then you kind of flip the script and kind of ask them something about either their own experience or whatever it might be. So what would you say to um, like, am I invited to your wedding? You know, I mean, it's it's so new or we're just enjoying being engaged right now. And we haven't even sat down and figured out our guest list yet. But um, I don't even know, like as for for the flip, the script on that one is usually I'd just be like, I haven't figured out my guest list yet. So, no. (laughs) What about, um, you know, like, uh, you know, we're still trying to figure out a guest list with our families. You know how family can be. Speaking of how so and so, you know what I mean? Like, can you just segue and let them talk about their own crazy family member or whatever it might be? Maybe that would be a good one. Um, I think another one that um, people will sort of uh, really challenge a couple with is the can I bring my kids question. Yes. And if you're choosing to do an adult-only reception um, where there really aren't children invited, though we love them and think they're great, uh, how would you recommend sort of navigating that? Because that feels like a tough one to like not commit to almost. Yeah, that one's a tough one, but that's where and a back. We're going to circle back to this united front thing like a million times because if you guys sit down and you're like, "Oh yeah, well, so and so's kids are fine, but I don't want anybody else's there." You need to know that and you need to have that boundary and set that originally so that the two of you are answering questions in the same way. If you don't know whether or not you're going to have kids yet and you haven't sat down and talked to your spouse about that, you can just be honest with that person and say, hmm, you know, we we really haven't sat down and talked about it. We're not sure what the venue is going to allow us to do yet, but we'll let you know when the invitations go out. And then this is a really great spot to, to enlist, if you do decide not to have children, it's a really great spot to enlist friends and family to delicately deliver that message. So if you've got aunts and moms and um dads and brothers and sisters that are interested in helping with the wedding in some way, they can sometimes deliver that message to family members a little bit easier than you can. It is so nice to be able to like lean on these people in your life to help spread uh, things like that. Like that's where you can, you know, if you have a parent or somebody in your life who really wants to help, that's a good area to say like, mom, I need your help with aunt so-and-so. She wants to bring her grandkids. I really, we really don't want them there. Can you help me out? And this is where she's going to be like, yes, I got you ideally. But there's also options that you can give people too. Like instead of just giving them, uh, you know, can I bring my kids? <laughs> no, I don't like your kids, right? Like that's, nobody wants to hear that. We don't know. We don't want your kids at our wedding. That doesn't feel good. You can sort of flip it in a way that's beneficial to them. You could just say like, you know what? We just want to make it a great celebratory event for adults. We know being a parent is really tough. So we want to make it a night out. We have, maybe you've set up some sort of babysitting options, or you can recommend a babysitter, or they can bring the babysitter, or hey, we totally get it if you're just not able to make it, and you're just going to celebrate with us from afar. We totally get it. We'll catch up after the wedding. We'll make sure we make a plan to catch up with the kiddos after the wedding, and we'll, we'll tell you all about it once we get back from our honeymoon and things settle down. That way, they don't feel excluded from anything, or like they can't be part of it. You're giving them options, and you're making it clear that no, the kids can't come. We love you, but you can't. And I can't tell you how many parents, like I had a woman walk up to me at one of my last weddings. She goes, I don't think you even understand, but I haven't been in a dress with a drink in my hand without a toddler on my leg in about two years. And she was just so happy and excited. And she's like, I'm so glad this was a no kids wedding. And 
sometimes people don't realize how much they need that until after they're there. (laughs) Right. And that's, I mean, that's part of having kids though. You, when you sort of make the decision to expand your family, bring kiddos into the world, it comes with certain sacrifices that, you know, maybe you're not able to do all the things that pre-kids you weren't able to do. It's a temporary chapter of life, but ultimately that's a chapter of life you're in. When I was growing up, my mom and dad made it a rule that if kids weren't invited to the wedding, that as a family, Family, we chose not to go because they wanted us all to be there to celebrate together and they still send best wishes gifts cards like it wasn't a negative thing that they came from it was this very positive like we love you but we don't like I've, I've never had a babysitter ever in my life I was always just with my parents or my grandparents uh, it's one of those things where you sort of just make that decision and you go from there, but you don't hold it against either person for whatever decision that they choose to make as long as it comes from a good place, right? Yeah. And if you do get those negative feelings, because there are some people, you know, mm-hmm. people exist and yeah, they're, people are fun sometimes, but, <laughs> but if you do get those negative feelings, that's one of those places where you just have to take solace in the boundary. It's yes. okay. Because this is what you want. This is your day. And yes, it is for 120 of your closest friends too. But in the end, this is your day to celebrate. And it's only one day. And Mm -hmm. if that's what makes or break your friendship or your relationship, then we have bigger problems. So, you know, like Danielle said, just offer the option if you want to. Offer alternatives. um, But don't feel bad because you want this. In the same sense that they shouldn't feel bad because they want to bring their kids, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a totally fair, you each have your preferences for it. Um, but because you are the one hosting the event, you're the one that gets to make that final decision. And like she said, if that, if the other person doesn't like that, you can't control anything about how they handle themselves. You can only bring what you want um, and what you can to the table, right? So if you handle that conversation with grace and respect and dignity and they don't handle it well, there's nothing else you could have done outside of acquiesce to whatever it is that they want. But then you're opening up an entire can of worms for all those other mamas and dads that you did say no to and they said, okay, cool. But then what happens is they see other kids at the wedding and they're going, well, wait, I thought there wasn't kids invited and wait, is it just my kids that they don't like? And that's terrible too. So as much as possible, I say always stand your ground. I think outside of, um, I know some couples make the exception for those that are their flower girl or ring bearer. Yeah. I've definitely seen that. And I kind of get that as the exception, but I think it's, it's one of those things. And usually if they're little enough, they kind of peace out before really dinner even starts. They, they kind of go on their way and find a room where they can watch the, watch a movie, watch Frozen or something. <laughs> I guess it's try, try and make a boundary that makes sense from the outside. So mm-hmm. don't say, okay, well, I'm only inviting kids that are under the age of 13, over the age of eight, and are directly related to me by blood. Like, you know, if someone looks and says, oh, they're in the wedding party versus they're not in the wedding party, that makes sense to an outside viewer. That's easy to explain. There you go. But if you have to get into like caveats, eh. Yeah, it's you, you just kind of opening yourself up for kind of hurt feelings and awkward yeah. conversations. Down, you're you're not avoiding the awkward conversation by saying yes to one person is what it comes down to. Exactly. Um, I think the other awkward conversation um, sometimes happens where people assume that they get a plus one, where you sent out an invitation to Mr. John Smith and Mr. John Smith responded back with two people coming to the wedding as opposed to the one Mr. John Smith that you invited. Yeah. Uh, Let me just pull out my little soapbox here on that one. We're all grown people. And I don't think that you owe somebody a super in-depth explanation about why somebody that you didn't invite to your wedding isn't invited to your wedding. So the first step and always deliver any of these boundaries with compassion, right? You have to, like Danielle said, you have to come at it with a heart of love and um, compassion, because that's how you want, you would want a message delivered to you. So the first thing is like, you know, Hey, we got your RSVP. I noticed that you added another plus one. Unfortunately, we are not able to accommodate anybody who wasn't listed on the invitation, but we have you seated next to fill in the blank of this person that they know that they're comfortable with. So we hope that you're still going to be able to come and celebrate with us. And 
just leave it at that. No is a complete sentence, but delivering it with compassion makes it go down a little easier. And hopefully they get the message and they're like, they'll probably be a little bit embarrassed, honestly. Like anytime somebody gets caught breaking a rule of etiquette like that, they kind of get this, oh, shoot. But, um, you know, just delivering that and just very matter of factly, like we cannot accommodate that. I'm really sorry. Here's what we have done to make you comfortable in this situation. We can accommodate and just move on. And they're going to come or they're not going to come. But that's not up to you. Right. And there are certain like good rules to follow when it comes to who you shouldn't, should and shouldn't give a plus one to, right? Yes. So what are they? If a person is dating somebody long term, that long term partner should get be invited as well, whether you really know them or not. Also, gosh, is I mean, obviously, if they're married, um, that's kind of a unfortunately a given whether you do or don't like the spouse. Right. Um, I, is there any other scenarios where the person should really get a plus one? I can't think of any off the top of my head. <clears throat> I could I could make certain arguments like maybe you're, you should automatically give that to your like siblings or something. But I, I don't even know. Sometimes um, wedding I, party gets a plus one. Yeah, but I feel like when you're like a bridesmaid or a groomsman, your significant other, you're not with them most of the day. Like you're separated for most of the time. So if anything of stranger plus one, that person is going to feel very estranged all day from, I mean, maybe they're just going to have a grand old time drinking and eating appetizers and dancing on the dance floor. But for the most part, they're going to feel more awkward than anything, I would argue. Plus, if you sit them with you at your head table, your king's table, and you don't even know this person, that's really weird. So yeah. Um, But yeah, so obviously, we want to make sure that we're being mindful of people that if they do have a spouse long term partner, then they should they should get a plus one um, as long as you can accommodate that. And if you shouldn't, I would just say really reanalyze whether or not that duo should be invited at all. Right. But um, for those that just do that, yeah, like you said, I mean, and even start off with a place of, oh my gosh, we got your RCP. We are so excited you can come. Yes. And then do exactly what Berlin said. But make sure you say, if this changes your RSVP, we totally understand. Just please let us know, right? Because you want to let them know that like, we see you, ain't going to happen, but we get it if then you don't want to come. So yeah. you tell us. Ball's in your court, bro. Bruh. <laughs> Johnny. It's just kind of what it is. Um, but it's tricky. And I'm telling you guys, people will make this assumption on you. And it is tough and it's one of those things you have to navigate. But once you kind of just talk with them, get it over with, it gets better. It's the same thing with family that invite uninvited guests. Like you find out that you've gone over this guest list painstakingly with both sets of parents. And then you find out down the line that Aunt Greta is inviting half of your second cousins you haven't talked to in three years. Right. <laughs> so... That's when you can be enlisting the power players. Like if there's one person who influences your family, you can be like, hey, please don't because each person costs money. And I think what it comes down to is that sometimes our uh, loved ones and especially those that are of different generations that are not directly in the wedding in the, in the wedding industry and in the wedding world right now, they kind of forget or don't even know that you as a couple need to be providing your caterer, your venue, all of these people floor plans and guest counts and all this stuff. And sometimes adding a person or two or four or 10 affects a whole lot of things from your food, your drink, your rentals, your your linens, your tables, your chairs, your your florals, all of the things that shifts everything. So while to some person, it's like, it's just one other person. What's the big deal? Well, it kind of is a big deal because you've planned around that person not being there that person causes a major shift in it all. So, and that's easy to, to th- let that throw you into a tizzy. You know what I mean? That's one of those things that you're like, ah, now what do we do? That's where having a planner kicks in because then when you say, hey, this happened, we can tell you all of the places that it's going to affect. Because if you haven't done weddings before, you probably didn't think about the fact that, you know, your shuttle is affected by that or oh, yes. we can't fit an extra table in your space or something along those lines. So it, it is a snowball effect. And even you planning the wedding might not know exactly how far it's a butterfly effect. Is that, that's what it is. The butterfly effect where like it flaps its wings and it affects everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. Plus butterflies are just cute. 
Yeah. Did you ever do, this is a little side tangent, did you ever do one of those butterfly releases at a wedding? Um, I have heard horror stories about those. Yeah. So I won't because yeah. one, I'm terrified of butterflies. Like I actually, oh. I actually hate them. Um, like I think they're beautiful, but when we go <laughs> into those like big rooms that they're in the atriums, I, it's my worst nightmare. I really don't like them. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I feel like sweating for you now. Yeah, yeah. No. So for our ringers out there, if you're considering do this, um, doing this, like Berlin said, there, don't do it. Trust me. Yeah, just don't, don't do it. I've only seen it. <clears throat> excuse me. I've only seen it ever done once. And basically what happens is as soon as they're open up, A, they're freeze dried. And when you open them up, uh, most of them are dead. Uh, you kind of have to like dump the thing out. It is just all sorts of terrible animal, not greatness. Um, those butterflies end up getting eaten almost immediately. They, it, it is a truly terrible thing. So yeah, if anybody's thinking of that, please don't. I heard about one wedding once where apparently they had them in these cute, beautiful little envelopes and they were white and they set them on the white chairs for the ceremony so that guests could, you know, get their envelope for their butterfly release. Well, the white envelopes on the white chairs were not visible to the guests and the guests sat on the butterflies. Oh my goodness. So maybe we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those poor butterflies. Oh my god. Oh, and they were probably out in the hot sun. Oh. Oh, it's just it's That's just bad. If ringers don't. Just don't. Just Trust us when we say. Guys. All right. Oh, all right. So let's talk about um sort of how we can enforce the help of others to kind of help us reinforce the boundaries um that we're trying to set. Well, I mean, obviously the power players. So there's always like that one aunt or the grandma who's like the matriarch of the family and like makes the decisions or the patriarch of the family. Um, you know, somebody who is a key player that everybody else kind of falls in line behind them. So if at all humanly possible, get them on your side. And when you're going into things, you know, they can they'll stand arm in arm with you and fight for what you want if you make a good argument. And if they're on your side, the rest of the family's going to fall in line. So I, I definitely, you know, it comes back to having the conversation early and often and, you know, establishing what you want and those boundaries early so that people know what they're fighting for for you. 100%. And I think if you can sort of find a way to show why it's beneficial to them, why you want the thing, then they're all the more going to be in your court and stand up for you and and have your back when when you need them to, right? And it comes down to that communication of of not just saying, no, we're not having kids at our wedding, but maybe giving a slight explanation. Not to say that you that everybody deserves the explanation, but it certainly comes from a place of, like Berlin said, compassion and just keeping that open heart that you would want to you will want to treat people how you would want to be treated in that situation, right? Nobody wants to feel like a big old turd. They want to feel like you understand and you hear them, but you still want them to respect what you want as well. Plus family. Oh my God. They just want, they just want to help. They want a job. And so if you can give them a job, they will be so excited to do it for you. If, if someone comes to you and says, what can I do? How can I help? Then you can say, you know, we're really focusing on this boundary right now. Like we're trying to communicate that we're not having kids in like the nicest way humanly possible. So if you talk to anybody about the wedding, you can just passively mention that, you know, you're so excited for the adults only reception. And <laughs> Then, you know, if they ask any further questions, you'll have the answer and you'll be really helping us out by communicating that message. And most of the right. time people are, feel honored that you've bestowed this upon them and right. they're happy to help you. That's so true. Um, everybody just wants to help. That's yeah. really what it comes down to. Um, I know you as a planner, you have to do this as well, where if somebody comes to you on the wedding day where like you can tell they just like need a job, you just give them little tiny pointless probably things for them to do just so that they feel busy but ultimately don't feel responsible for for any major thing that needs to be happening right do you ever do that I do I do confession yes <laughs> yeah but like if from a good place right sometimes there's personality I would be this personality if I had a kid who was getting married oh my god you need to give me a job there's no way I'm just going to be able to sit on my hands all day as a parent and not do something so you're whoever 
Ugh, bless your heart. Anyway, I want to let's switch gears a little bit because I think there's also boundaries that sometimes need to be set with your team of wedding vendors and the creative professionals that you've hired to kind of work with you. And not all of the vendors that are out there in this world are super on the up and up or super great. Um, There's some not so great people out there doing business. And I think it's really important that in the same way that you're setting your boundaries for yourselves and with your family and your guests, I think it's also good to get on the same page with each other and set those boundaries with your vendors as well. And what I mean by this is those times where um, your vendor is trying to upsell you on something to um, that you really honestly don't need, don't want, and could probably care less about. So I've seen it before, and not to use this as an example, but literally just as an example, if a DJ um, who you love and you're so excited to just pump some good jams for you is trying to sell you on the uplighting, the laser beams, the light up dance floor, the dancing on a cloud, the pyrotechnics, you know, kind of all of the things that you just want everybody to maybe dance and have a great time, it's okay to politely decline and say like, hey, that sounds great, but we're good if they don't align with your priorities, right? It is okay to say no to vendors who are trying to upsell you on things. Now, that doesn't mean to say no when they're trying to help you and guide you and and make sure that you're, you know, you're planning a day that's really realistic and good to go. But when it comes to these extra things, I think I see a lot of times where couples are kind of strong-armed into an upsell or made to feel like, oh, well, if you don't have, you know, fireworks going off as your first dance is happening, then really, I mean, is it a wedding? And I hate that. The answer is yes, it is a wedding and get off my back because it, it, it might not be in your budget or you might just right. not want it. Like maybe you don't like butterflies and you don't want them at your wedding and that's totally fine. So they need to just get on board with that and it no is a complete sentence. Right. And but I, you have our permission ringers to like I said, stand up for yourself and just decline whatever upgraded thing that they're potentially offering you because it can be so, so easy. It is why so many couples end up blowing right out their budget because it becomes so easy to kind of see all the options and see all the shiny objects and go, well, our wedding probably would be better if if there was laser beams going throughout the space. Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe it'll be a worse situation for your photographer. But so on to Danielle's point, like she said, if they are giving you good, solid education as to why you should be doing something, please listen to their expertise. Because if somebody's coming in and selling you uplighting and selling you the laser show, those aren't essentials that your guests need for comfort or that you need for comfort. But if someone says, hey, you have 400 people in a barn with no indoor plumbing, we need restrooms, that is something you need to spend money on. So you have to use your best judgment. And even if you say, oh, well, there's one bathroom inside. No, no, no. (laughs) Please, from experience, dear God, um, (laughs) please listen. And so if someone's really making like a solid argument and it's, it's something that, you know, seems expensive or seems extravagant and you're, you're like, well, my family will be fine dealing with it. There are some things on the wedding day that are just not worth compromising. And that is one of them. Oh, bathrooms is so one of them. OMG. (laughs) Bathrooms, like, you know, seating, like just overall guest comfort stuff. That's like basic things. Like you want to have water available and like, you know, that kind of stuff. So anything like that, that someone's recommending, like take into account whether it's an essential, is it a want or is it a need? And Mm -hmm. if it's a need for the guest experience, then I would highly suggest you invest in it. Right. And honestly, to like back the steps up further, this all comes down to interviewing and choosing to work with wedding pros that you trust, that you know are going to have your best interest at play, and that you feel good working with. Because the people that 
you get red flags from or the ones that you go, I don't know, they felt like a little bit like a shyster. Those are the ones that are going to upsell you on, um, you know, the the many extra hors d'oeuvres that you don't need for your 50 person wedding and all those things. So that's where it comes down to choosing those people that you trust that are going to guide you through the process in a way that feels really good to you. Because there are definitely times where I've said to my couples, you know, hey, you are doing so great on, because I always go back to the four fundamentals of kind of what you need for a good event. It's good food, good drinks, um, good entertainment and comfort. That's what guests, those four things guests need. And honestly, food and drink could probably get lumped into one, but that's a whole other story. Um, So if you hit on those four things, you're winning, right? But then you have to find ways um, that if you have room in the budget, you can say, okay, what's a unique way we can hit on this? Or what's a way that's maybe unexpected? Or what's a way that really reflects us as a couple that we can give our guests this this interesting experience? Um, Then that's where you can say like, hey... Uh, you know, we have a little bit extra room. Is there some sort of like cool entertainment thing we can do during our cocktail hour that maybe guests won't be expecting or they haven't seen before? That's where me as a planner steps in and is like, yes, I've got so many ideas. Let's talk through them because they're specifically asking for it, right? But then if you if I give you my like list of 10 ideas and you go, yeah, none of those really spoke to me. Okay, great. Like totally fine. That's You're not hurting people's feelings by saying no, thank you. Yes. You hear them out. You say no thank you. If you do hurt their feelings, it's more on them than it is on you. Mm -hmm. Moral of the story. So uh, to wrap up this episode, I want to kind of um, go into what to do when someone kind of breaks a boundary. So if someone just kind of pushes, pushes, pushes and steps right on through, um, do you have any tips or advice for how a couple should kind of proceed from there? We've talked about it a lot, but if someone's breaking, (laughs) I mean, we really have, but if someone's breaking a boundary, there's probably a reason it's probably not just because they're a jerk, you know? Um, well, most of the time it's not just because they're a jerk and there's probably a reason either they feel entitled, they feel left out. They're, you know, trying to be included. They want someone else to be included or they're pushing for someone else's wants and needs. So you always want to meet that with empathy, I think, and just try and see where they're coming from and why this is such a huge motivator for them. And once you know what's motivating them, you know how to respond. So if you, at that point, you know, if, if someone's pushing for a plus one and it's because they know literally no one at your wedding and they're going to be by themselves at a table the whole time, you can offer empathy and, you know, say, I'm really sorry. Um, we're, you know, we hope you're going to have a great time anyway. And then if you feel so inclined, offer an accommodation. So if you do want to, at that point, say, you know what, we took a second look at the guest list. It's cool. Bring a plus one. We want you to be there. We want you to be comfortable. That's totally fine. Um, If someone says, you know, we really can't come unless we have our kids and this is the only time the whole family is going to be together, but you don't want them to have the kids at the wedding, offer a babysitting service or consider offering a babysitting service Um, or make recommendations of nannies in the area that will make, well, that will service in the hotel. So, you know, try and you can help find solutions to those problems if you want to, Mm -hmm. but, um, Ultimately, like Danielle said, you can't control other people's reactions or actions. The only thing you can do is control yourself. Right. And it's it comes down to you. You don't have to put out every fire. You don't have to solve everyone's problem. As much as I think as human beings, we are designed to kind of crave solutions, or at least I know I am, but maybe that's just my personality type. So it's it's important to remember that you can handle it up until a certain point, but sometimes someone is just going to take it much farther and they're just going to take it and then it's their fire to kind of put out. Like it's okay to kind of just, I think Berlin, you said this, to just make peace with the outcome. Whatever will be, will be. Is that a Beatles song? What will be, will be. I think it's Doris Day. Really? Yeah. I I love Doris Day. I think it's Doris Day. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely that. Like at a certain point, it's the pick your battles thing and decide whether or not what they're fighting for is even important oh. to you. <laughs> it's K Sarah Sarah, whatever will be will be Doris Day. You're yeah. totally right. Yeah. 
I knew that. I love me some old movies. It's it's. Oh. I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a movie movie buff. The only Doris Day movie that I know of off the top of my head is Pillow Talk. Me and my Nana watched Pillow Talk a whole lot when I was little. And I would think if I watched it now, I would find it to probably be very inappropriate that I watched it at such a young age. You know, but oh my gosh, your Nana. Now, since I listened to ring, the Put a Ring on It podcast, and my one of my favorite songs at all weddings is always... Um, I want to dance with somebody. And now that I've heard that, every time I hear that, I think about you and your Nana. And I love it. It brings me such happiness and joy. There is always like happy tears streaming from my face when I hear that song at a wedding. Um, I mean, not to the point where it ain't cute. No, it's definitely not cute. By that point in the night, it ain't cute no more. No, but, nobody's um, cute by that point in the night. <laughs> it's, it's, it's always a really nice reminder that like she's kind of she's kind of hanging out with me and having a really good time. And it's a it's a good time. Um, Berlin's talking about episode ooh, episode 72, where we talked about some of our uh, amazing and craziest moments that have ever happened at a wedding. So Good stuff. Okay, so anything else you want to share before we wrap up this episode? I'm trying to think. I just stay strong, ringers. Like Ugh. wedding planning is rough. It is rough and it absolutely stinks sometimes. And there if you don't hit a point where you're like, yeah, elopement sounds great. Like you're not getting married. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, so just give yourself some grace and understand that for all the boundaries you're going to set, there's going to be somebody who pushes them. And so just breathe in, breathe out, and you will make it through this. And it will be, I promise, it will be the best day of your life because you're starting a whole new whole new adventure with your best friend. And that's how it should be. So stay strong. Oh, such good advice. Berlin, where can people find you when they want to learn more about you? So my website is berlindesign.com. Ooh, spell that. Wait, spell Berlin. Ooh, yeah. I'm all like fancy and whatnot. It's uh, B-E-R-L-Y-N design, D-E-S-I-G-N.com. And the same at Instagram, Berlin Design. Uh, and you can find me on Facebook as well at Berlin Events and Design Limited. Awesome. And Berlin is one of those people on Instagram. She shares the pretty, but she also shares the real and the real good advice. So she is a good person to be following. Um, even if you're not in her area, um, she just puts out good stuff um, and good juju, man. So Berlin, I'm so happy you joined us on today's episode. Thank you so much. Um, I think this was awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Danielle. It was awesome. Okay, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Before we wrap up this episode, I do want to take a moment to give a huge shout out and virtual high five fucking, to our Patreon supporters. Your encouragement, guys, truly means the world to us, and we are just constantly blown away by your generosity. Um, now, if you want to join this really awesome, super fabulous community of ringers and help us reach our goals for the show, please check out patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I, Patreon, P-A-T-R, eon.com slash p-a-r-o-i like put a ring on it um there's really different options starting at just two bucks a month and some really fun things waiting for you like video recordings you can literally watch the episode that you just heard today um which we include some of our bloopers and the fun ramblings and always some little extra stuff you can get hangouts with dan and i each month a place to have your wedding questions answered and more um another way you can support the show is to subscribe rate and review our podcast in itunes guys we are such a little podcast and we are such a niche little market that you doing this helps us so much you have no idea Okay, if you want some more details on anything that we talked about in today's episode, you can find the show notes at putaringonapodcast.com. And finally, you are more than welcome to connect with us on all the socials. 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 There we go. I'm DPNAK, DPNAK on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. And of course, don't forget Dan. You can find him at, at Daniel Moyer Photo on Instagram and Daniel Moyer Photography on Facebook and Pinterest. Definitely make sure you guys give him some love while he's away on paternity leave and taking care of his brand new baby twins. Remember guys, we are here to help you, but no matter whose advice you follow or what decisions you make, know that your wedding is going to be amazing because you rock. Until next time, ringers. Oh,